This is Encounters, a dialogue that brings you multifaceted life stories you don't want to miss. I actually have seen tigers in the wild. We were driving around and then all of a sudden we heard alarm calls. Deers were running away and monkeys on the trees were alarming all the other animals that tigers are around. And then eventually I saw this tiger with a samba deer oh. in her mouth. What was the, your mood there? It was in awe and the power of this animal. But when she dragged the deer across the road into the forest, my Indian colleague told me she must be going into the den to feed her cubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, after all, my feeling is actually vulnerability. In fact, animals are sentient beings just for them being there. They are providing everything that we need. You know, they are cleaning up, they are protecting the ecosystem. Just being there mm -hmm. for human survival and development, we are using the services from these ecosystems. When I tell people I work for International Fund for Animal Welfare and people say, oh, welfare, what animal welfare, what about my welfare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You That's know? a typical, even it, today, yeah. people will confront you with the same question. Right. We don't see animals as, as a sentient beings. Sentient beings. Sentient Like beings. us. Yeah, like us. And I think some of these cultural aspects of it were more difficult to change. Hello and welcome. I'm Manling in Beijing. My guest today is Grace Ge Gabriel, Asia Director of the International Fund for Animal Welfare, also known as IFO. IFO is a global nonprofit organization with the mission of helping animals and people thrive together. Grace was born in China. Before and after she emigrated to the United States, she was trained and worked as a journalist. What prompted her to become a wildlife protector? And why does Grace claim that she's not an animal rights advocate? In this episode, Grace will share her own stories with us. Welcome to the studio, uh, Grace. Would you please introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Grace Ge Gabriel. I use the Gabriel because a lot of people can't pronounce Ge, so oh. so I just eventually took my husband's uh, last name, Gabriel. Gabriel, and also my Chinese name is Ge Rei. Mm -hmm. And my mom actually gave me the name Grace at the same time when I got my Chinese name. Wow, so your mom can speak English? My mom is a university professor. Wow, in she, what field? She taught English literature. 
But、mm. when I was born, schools were closed, universities were closed, and、uh, well, at least when I started studying, when I entered elementary school, it was during the Cultural Revolution, so、yeah. the schools were closed. And my mom actually taught me English at home. At home, we are the same age people,、mm-hmm. and because you know we are all born in the year of Tiger, there is a stereotype description of people who are born in the year of Tiger: tenacious, confident, belligerent, brave. You know all these words. How do you define yourself as a Tiger lady? Are you、um, typical? I think I am.、Actually. Really? Yes. Yes. And. My mom always told me that I was born at dusk, and that's the time when tigers come out to hunt. <laughs> oh, dusk, me dawn. Oh, okay. So my mom said, although you are a tiger, but you are a very kind tiger because you want to go back to sleep. <laughs> so we are different, right? <laughs> right. Interesting. Right. And do you agree with the you know identity that your mom gave it to you when you were little? I think I'm. Active. I'm quite confident about myself. You know, once I decide on something, I pursue it with tenacity. tenacity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. I don't think those characteristics are mutually exclusive because tigers. Actually, if you don't know them, you probably heard a lot of stories about. Tigers eating people, and in fact, in normal circumstances, if they have enough prey, yeah, yeah food, food、mm-hmm. they don't prey on people. I mean, they want it to hide. They know people are threats. They are more afraid of us, actually. Exactly, you know, we、yes. are the threats. I actually have seen tigers in the wild in India, and the first time I saw tigers. We were driving around in Rantanpur National Park for a while, and then all of a sudden we heard alarm calls. You know, deers were running away, and monkeys on the trees were alarming all the other animals that tigers are around. And then eventually, I saw this tiger with a samba deer、uh-huh. in her mouth. Wow! And the power of this tiger walking around the Down the hill, and actually, she dragged this deer almost as long as her body in front of our jeep across the road. What was the, your mood there? It was in awe. Really, it was awe. Wow! And the power of this animal. But when she dragged the deer across the road into the forest, my Indian colleague told me she must be. Actually, going into the den to feed her cubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. And in fact, it was the time when I was working on a tiger campaign. Actually, after all, my feeling is actually vulnerability. These animals, there are so few of them around in the wild,、mm-hmm. and they play such an important role in that ecosystem. Yet. Human beings human are being, doing something, right? Yeah. If I have desire, if I want this tiger, or if I want her pelt, if I want her bone, if I want a part of her, I, if I want her dead, I could very easily.、Mm-hmm. We、you、have know, weapons, right? We have weapons. We developed <sighs> tools in, to in do fact, such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, at the time, there was a lot of poaching. 
mm-hmm. going on for tigers, and it, it's very easy poison. Yeah, you put poison different in the, means, right? In the Ways water, yeah, in the water, in the Food. water holes, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then that means whoever is after the bone, after the pelt, they can get it. In the natural world, animals all need to eat, right? After they eat, they stop. They go to sleep. I think my work makes me、um, automatically, always, always <laughs> automatically, kind of compare animals with people.、Uh-huh. When animals are full, they don't kill. But when people are full, they kill. They、okay. continue to kill. I know you are talking about the greed. Greed. Yes. Exactly. Shall I say we deprive these predators or the animals of their habitat? But how do you think, as a protector of wild animals, how can us solve this conflict? Indeed, this is why it's so important to mobilize or motivate the people living amongst the wildlife to be the protectors of wildlife. I'll use another example that's from China, and we only have a very small population of Asian elephants in China. That's Yunnan, right? That's Yunnan. In southwest China province. I'll just use one of our projects that we started in 2000. We helped local communities to find alternative economy. Because in the past they were planting corn, they were planting rice in the wild, in their so, habitat, in their habitat, in their habitat. <sighs>、okay. And so, when elephants destroy the crops,、mm-hmm. local communities, yes, there was a lot of conflict, and there was also incidences back then because people hadn't seen elephants for a while, and then all of a sudden they come into their village and. People come surround elephants and get too close, and then elephants had hurt people.、Mm-hmm. So in 2000, IFOS started a project to just help the local communities to seek alternative economy, so they don't rely so much on farming. the farming. Food crops, yes. And what were the alternative、uh, solutions you provided?、Um, yes, we actually used kind of a a method in development, the microcredit lending. So the villages identified their own methods. Some of them went into, for instance, raising ducks for eggs. Growing flowers to sell into the cities, or some went into transportation, and so in fact that helped at least in a small scale help that region. The villagers found their own way of you know making a living at the same time helping restore habitat. See. We need solutions, and there are solutions. That's why I understand Yunnan become one of the flowers sort of、uh, growing sort of province. There, it has been supplying flowers in every flower market in this country, and also due to animal conservation. This is very good. So I think they need money, right? Where NGO、mm-hmm. like IFO get the money to support your project? We have supporters, millions of supporters around the world. Private fund. A lot of it is private fund. People like you and me. Uh huh. Yeah, people. I haven't donated are, yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
maybe but, after but the show. People, people like you and me,、mm -hmm. and not necessarily living in China, but living around the world, and they felt that the affinity to. Our work and to the animals that we are protecting, and they want to give. And so, for years and years, in fact, this year is IFA's fiftieth anniversary. In the last fifty years, the organization has evolved and developed. We are concerned about not only wildlife populations; we are also concerned about protecting their habitat.、Mm -hmm. We are also concerned about individual animals because we feel individuals matter, especially if you know populations that are already very small. Can I、yeah. say that organizations like IFO are trying to give back animal rights to animals, right? No, no, actually, no. correct me. Yeah, okay. We're not a animal rights organization. In fact, we don't feel the right of survival. Is that true?、Um, no, but because well, if you look at the way we translated IFA's name,、okay. we're International Fund for Animal Welfare. But when we first Entered China, and when we were translating this name into, into Chinese, Chinese、mm -hmm. I mentioned animal welfare, and people didn't understand. They, understand. they just say, "Oh, animal welfare. What about my welfare?" Yeah, and what they thought is. Welfare is some luxury, <laughs> but we're talking about is the very basic needs of animals.、We're、but that is why. Sorry for interrupt you. That's why I'd rather call it rights, because rights is the fundamental, and welfare is the luxury. No, because no? no, because if you say it's right, it's like for people, we have our rights and we also have our obligations. Yeah. Okay. For animals,、oh, there is no. Okay, that is the point.、Yes. They don't have the obligation to protect us or to provide us, right?、Yeah. Because you cannot separate rights from obligations.、Exactly. They are the twin. Exactly. That's a pair, right? Yes. And in fact, animals are sentient beings. Just for them being there, they are providing everything that we need. You know, they are cleaning up. They are protecting the ecosystem. Just being there、mm -hmm. for human survival and development, we are using the services from these ecosystems. Anyway, that's why we feel when we call International Fund for Animal Welfare, when I translate into Chinese, 国际爱护动物基金会 International Fund for Love and Care of Animals.、Mm -hmm. We are the ones that have developed tools, know, tools and weapons、yeah. that can kill animals just out of greed, not because we need to eat it. No, not because we have to survive. So. You know, we have to kill this animal to、mm -hmm. feed us.、Mm -hmm. No, it's simply because of greed, and so that's why I translate Ifa's name into this love and care. Love and care. Love and care. So by doing that, I put that responsibility on anybody, any Chinese who hear that name, will 
not think about what about my welfare, and they will <laughs> think, oh yeah, I yes, it's our responsibility. <laughs> and also another reason to remove the word welfare is, I think a lot of people think welfare is a luxury. Welfare is a misconcept. That's another misconcept, I think. <laughs> and, and starting from when you became part of it. I mean, I heard about IFA when I was working in television in the U.S. And my boss knew IFA, and IFA had a few projects in China, and so I would be called upon to help IFA film some of these projects.、Mm -hmm. So I came back to China, and this was in 1996, and IFA had successfully persuaded the Guangdong government. Enclosing two bare bile farms, so these are farms where you know people kept bears in order to tap their bile mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to extract bile from their body for medical use for for、mm -hmm. medicinal for medicinal use.、Mm -hmm. And we built this beautiful enclosure with grass, with bushes, with a pond for. The bears to swim in, and we threw fruit into the enclosure to lure bears into the grass. But this bear was walking along the stone path back and forth and back and forth. Every time this bear put his paw onto the grass,、mm -hmm. it's like electrocuted. Wow! Drews back for many many years. This bear hadn't seen grass,、mm -hmm. trees, and he was probably he lived in the forest. He lived in the forest when he was caught、yeah. and put onto a cage in a cage on concrete floor for years and years and years. This bear couldn't even remember the fragrance of the grass or the you know softness of the soil. And that was the moment actually changed me forever. It just changed my thinking about what have we done? What have we human being done to animals? To change from one profession to another, you must have met obstacles because it's a major change and、uh, it's a change of lifestyle, right? You need to. Be supported and understood, at least by your husband, your parents.、Uh, how did you get them to back you up? In fact, they love me and they want me to follow my heart. So it wasn't that difficult to persuade them. But I do remember the year that I decided to come back to China. We had adopted a cat, and his name was Cinder. In order to tell all our relatives, friends that I'm going back to China, I remember that year our Christmas letter, the letter that we sent to everyone was I wrote in the voice of Cinder. Oh, really? Say, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just to say why, mommy. Personification.、Right? Yes, yes. Why mommy had to go back to China? Because there are many of his friends, sisters, brothers, that, you know. yeah, brothers, sisters <laughs> that need me, need、uh -huh. Ifa. So all my friends, 
they know I'm not somebody who make a decision recklessly. Recklessly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if I have decided to do something, I mean it. You're serious. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. a tiger lady was like that, right? Yeah. When we grew up, I think the society was under ration. You've never heard of families keeping pets because <laughs> there's no food, right? Not enough to feed people. How could ordinary families have pets? The pets concept, you know, keeping pets, only occurred when China opened up and then developed and uh, people's living standards have been improved. So try to think when was the first time you came into close range contact with an animal? Actually, when I was little, when the schools were closed, my mom was sent to the countryside and I went with her. So when I was in the countryside, actually, one of her colleagues bought a dog on the market and brought home and gave me the dog. And he paid two Mao. <laughs> Mao, yeah. Oh, Mao is ma, ten cents. Ten cents. Two dimes. Actually, it's two dimes. <laughs> okay, so Armal was my first, yeah, you could call him a pet. We built a small house outside of the dorm because we lived in the dorm. So Armal was my companion and also my mom's, you know, she and her colleagues were tasked to work in this orchard. And mm. so Armal became kind of a guard dog for the orchard. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, people who want to steal fruit one day killed him. Oh. Yeah. He came back home to die. Oh. He came to me, yes. That is something. Actually, our Mao taught you how to love animals, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. But when you came to China, did you meet obstacles and frustrations, that misunderstandings even? Yeah, I did, but... I was kind of prepared. For instance, when I tell people I work for International Fund for Animal Welfare and people say, oh, welfare, what animal welfare? What about my welfare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You That's know? a typical, even it, today, yeah. people will confront you with the same question. Right. And also, even in Chinese language, the noun we have for animals is moving object. Dongwu, moving object. We don't see animals as, as a sentient beings. Sentient beings. Sentient Like beings. us. Yeah, like us. And I think some of these cultural aspects of it were more difficult to change. But no, now, no. you know, there must be changes in attitude now. There is attitude, attitude change, yeah. but it's towards animals. It's not so not much to towards you. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For instance... When I first came, there weren't many people who thought about, you know, adopting animals or rescuing dogs. These are the changes. And a few years ago, during the Lianghui, during mm -hmm. the, two session. the two sessions, um, there were several proposals on the table for some were banning shark fin trade. Okay. Some were about bear bile trade. Mm -hmm. Actually, I remember another journalist, Jing Yidan, mm -mm. and she had a proposal asking for China to promulgate animal welfare legislation. Mm -hmm.
Grace has been a member of the cause of animal welfare for more than 20 years. In the next episode, she will tell us more about what her team here in China has done and achieved. And the key words of our dialogue will be elephant and Tibetan antelopes. A must listen for anyone interested in wildlife. I'm Maling, and that's the end of our show. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.